Welcome to Midweek Motivation on Wove Inspiration, the extra push you need to keep moving forward. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wove Inspiration's Midweek Motivation. I am your host, Althea Richardson, and today my special guest is speaker, author, and coach, Chris Mannion. Chris retired from her $20 million direct sales career in 2013 to focus her energies on a new career as a Christian speaker and writer. Her mission is to inspire others to get to know Jesus in a more personal and intimate friendship. This award-winning entrepreneur and catechist published her award-winning memoir, God's Patient Pursuit of My Soul. In it, she shows the patience God displayed while he waited for her through the time she failed to recognize his voice. So it is my privilege and honor to introduce to my listening audience, Chris Mannion. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks, Althea. It's such a pleasure to be here, and I really want to thank you for inviting me and helping you join or helping you inspire others. Hey, thank you so much. And so let's uh, get started and tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I uh, just turned 65, so it's a big year for me. (laughs) Um, I uh, grew up in the Midwest, I'm the oldest of six uh, siblings, and um, we, God was in our lives from the, you know, day we were baptized or even before then, and we just, uh, we grew up as in a Catholic family and um, went to church every Sunday and religion class and um, I just uh, learned how to um, listen to God you know through all the prayers that we did at home and at at, uh, church and he kept uh, tugging at my heart and I just kind of went along in my life I trying to you know be a successful person and find someone to love me and you know do leave some kind of legacy in the world and I got to do all those things and make a difference in a lot of people's lives. I ran a $20 million sales team that I grew up from scratch. Uh, but that wasn't the thing that made me the most happy. What was most uh, pulling at my heart was always this uh, tug to know God a little bit better. And so um, I had a couple of experiences that kind of made me uh, realized I needed to start writing about this and I and I because I realized or the Holy Spirit helped me know that what I was experiencing wasn't unique. Mm-hmm. It was a universal call that God does to all of us in our own different ways. And if I were to just tell my story then maybe others would start to recognize his hand or his tap on the shoulder or the way he's speaking to them in their life. Mm-hmm. And so that's Kind of what brought me here today. We had, we raised two children, beautiful adults, um, a boy and a girl. God blessed us with, and now they've uh, been happily married to their soul mates, and they've provided us with five grandchildren so far that we're thoroughly enjoying. All under the age of five, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're uh, we're situated in the Panhandle in Florida, okay. and um, and learning how to live a Southern life. I'm a, I'm a Northern Yankee. <laughs> oh wow! What part of um, what part of the North did you say? We were. We, I started in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and moved across to Ohio for college and to Chicago for my first jobs. Uh, my husband came from Michigan, so we've just got. We went to college in Ohio. So we've, we've lived in Indiana, so we just kind of went right across from Pittsburgh to Indiana and then up to Illinois, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then took a big leap down to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's a really big leap. <laughs> And, and one of the things I like, um, because I've been uh, listening to your book actually on audio, and again, the name of your book is God's Patient Pursuit of My Soul. And the, your book is just, it's about your life and your your journey with, with God and how he, like, you all interacted with each other. And, and I love the story about how you and your husband uh, came to know each other. It is. <laughs> There's a lot of funny parts in in that, but one of the things that actually it, it really was, <laughs> especially the way that he proposed to you, that was hilarious. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So you guys gonna have to buy the book so you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But um, one of the things that actually caught my attention was. Um, the, the the part about when you're talking about being slain in the spirit and your parking lot experience. And um, uh. one of the things that I learned was about um, Lectio Divina. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Pretty close. Okay. It's, uh, it's actually Latin, so it's pronounced Lexio Divina. Okay, Lexio Divina. Now, what I did not know is that it's it stands for divine reading, and so t- tell me a little bit about that part of the of the book as far as the parking lot experience. Well, this um, this happened. I'm a, a musician, and I was uh, part of our our church choir, and we had a healing service at the church. Uh, that day, uh, that evening, and we played for it, and um, the the um, priest uh, was very clear to say that he was not doing the healing, that if any healing happened, it was the Lord Jesus that was doing the healing, and to clarify that the healing that we came for was almost, almost always physical, but we actually might receive a spiritual healing, so he was very instructional about all that was happening and all of that was new to me. And he did lay hands upon people and pray over them similarly uh, to what you would see on a, some televangelist doing that. And I had no experience of that at all. So I'm, I'm looking at it and some people, uh, while I'm playing my guitar and singing, and some people would uh, succumb to the Holy Spirit, just pouring out upon them and their their knees would weaken and they would fall gently to the ground and there would be people behind them to catch them and I'm looking at all of it um, with a little bit of skepticism and trying to be open to this experience of seeing this happening and not knowing really exactly what was occurring and so um, 
the priest asked us afterwards, the musicians, if we would like to be prayed over. And I said, sure. And when he uh, prayed over me, I felt a, a, a force, a, some kind of a, a pressing in on me. And I didn't know what it was. And I thought that because I had this skepticism that it was this priest trying to push me as if he wanted me to uh, go over. And yet I never saw him push anybody. And you know, it was just my resistance. I was just very resistant to God's connecting with me. I've just got this Irish German nature that keeps going. I, I want to do it on my terms, not, you know, any, on God's terms. So anyway, I, I pushed back and didn't um, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to fully come into me, I guess is the way yeah. I understood it afterwards. So I go home and pack up my guitar and I'm uh, driving to the apartment where we're living and parked in the parking lot. And Gosh, I, I had uh, this moment where uh, I, I was clearly uh, told by an inner voice that I learned to recognize as God uh, that that was him. It was he doing all of that work. It had nothing to do with the priest. Did I tell the story right? Yes. Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going. Oh, I think I'm remembering all of this. You know, after you uh, write some things down, sometimes when you release them, yeah. uh, the memory doesn't need to stay there anymore. You know, so it it goes into the book and or out into the person that it's meant to. And sometimes, yeah. you know, the Lord just lifts that away from you. Then it's not needed anymore. Just like some of the gifts of the Spirit mm-hmm. are given for a short time and then they're lifted away because. You know, he he gave it to you for a purpose, and it's no, and it was done, and so it's not like yours to keep all the time. So I think that was uh, I just clearly sat there going, um, I think God just spoke to me, you know, yeah, yeah, and and made it clear that that was Him, um, and so then I guess uh, there was another healing service afterwards, and I was willing to uh, trust that if I was feeling that um, swooshing in of the Holy Spirit to be open to it, not to uh, be afraid of it or um, that my lack of understanding of what's going on, you know, it really helps to have people like you or others, like uh, you, you had an elder, um, Patricia Wright, on a, a mm-hmm. week or so ago, and yes. she was explaining um, things that just, for those of us who don't know some things, once the explanation is given um, through a person, through the Holy Spirit, helping us know, because Jesus promised us, we you know the Spirit would tell us everything. Um, then we then we can be open, and uh, I think fear is one of the big uh, pieces that uh, keeps us mm-hmm. from a lot of relationships not just with God, but with other people as well. We close our hearts down. We don't want to be taken advantage of, or we don't want to be hurt or whatever those moments are. And that's part of the spiritual journey for me is when God would teach me in different ways, like in the parking lot or lots of other examples in the book, I go, Oh, okay. I get it. (laughs) And now, you know, but it was, it's, but it's slowly releasing that fear, you know, because right. as a child, you know, we have, as children, we're afraid of things and our parents need to help us. And so that God, the father is sending um, both his son and, and Jesus, the spirit between them to us to help us. You know, I think there was 
help us as little children understand. And once we understand, then we can trust. Yes, yes, exactly. And what's interesting that is that you, when you mentioned about fear in one of your other uh, parts of your book, um, <laughs> the the home demonstration uh, uh, thing that you went to, and and you really didn't want to go because you didn't want to really feel obligated <laughs> to buy anything. But God really, when when He had you go there, He really had you um, there, of course, for more than uh, one thing, and um, you ended up um, doing sales and things of that sort. But what really caught my attention was when you were talking about uh, FOMO, and that's fear of missing out. I, I've never <laughs> heard of that. I was like, yeah. I mean, how can you imagine how people they they feel like they got to be involved in everything even when they don't feel like it they feel like they got to be involved in it because they're they're afraid that they're going to miss out on something so what what was on your what was going on in your mind um during that time when you were just counting the time to leave but you ended up staying anyway uh, at this uh home demonstration <laughs> It was, um, I, I, there was a lot of shaking of my head, you know, because this was uh, absolutely the last place I wanted to be. I was very much intending to leave and yeah. not stay. And, um, you know, I, you know as, as always, the Lord does something to get you to do his will. And so he sent in a friend of mine that I, haven't, I hardly ever get to see. And she attended this party while I was like, well, now I can't leave because her name was also Chris because Chris is now here. Yeah. So um, by the time I stayed mostly for my friend, Chris, um, I had an, uh, my jaw kept dropping uh, at these different things that she was showing us. I love to cook. My mom was a, a cook for all six of us. We hardly ever went out. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly to be frugal so that what they could save, but they put us all through private education, all six of mm -hmm. us. There was not a single loan that any of us had to ever pay off. So they sacrificed a lot. Um, and she cooked uh, frugally, but very well. And so I, and she helped, allowed us to help. So I, I learned to love cooking. And so here was this woman doing um, food ideas. And I was like, oh, Look at that. <laughs> my jaw just kept dropping like one time there was a punch bowl and she was doing something in this punch bowl with an orange or a lemon or something. She had a little tool in her hand. And the next thing I know, there's these bows made out of citrus rind floating in the punch bowl. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, how cute is that? Yeah. So yeah. I, by the time I was done with that, uh, that uh, presentation, I was thinking, I think... I might like to do this because she talked about how you know, she was making like $25 an hour. And yeah. at that time, that was, you know, a lot of years ago, 30 plus years ago, mm -hmm. I, I, that was a lot of money. You know, you would make six or $7 an hour um, at most, you know, part-time jobs. So mm -hmm. $25 an hour, I thought I, I'm worth that. So mm -hmm. she, had, she had me totally change my mind. And I, um, I slowly learned over the years, I'm sure you probably have already come to this conclusion that whenever you set your mind firmly in one particular pattern of 
thinking or a particular opinion, God definitely is going to decide to maybe give you an exercise in changing that opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, more, number, more times than I can count on my hands. Um, and, that's, and that's what I love about the, the title of your book is, is that, you know, God is, is going to be very patient in waiting on, on us to connect with him and get to know him and, and literally walk with him and, and allow him to guide us in the way that we need to go according to his purpose. But, you know, we're going to be stubborn because we want to do what we want to do. And, and, but of course, as, as you've shown in this example, he's going to stir you into a completely different direction. And, and he does it in a, on a kind of like a slide where you're like, not even realizing it until after the fact. So that's just right. <laughs> so when you wrote this book, what, what was on your mind as far as when you were writing the words about your life and, and how God was, would intervene and he was teaching you a lot of things going through your life? What was, what was it like even writing this book? Oh, well, there, uh, there, there's two great que uh, questions there. One, what it was like, what was on my mind, and then what it was like writing it. So first yeah. on my mind, I, um, I had a couple of uh, very, what I thought were very unique experiences. Just stopped me cold. I couldn't do anything for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. One was an experience where I heard God tell me to um, give this, singer who was coming into our church um, a hug and I'm thinking I'm talking to myself uh, but uh, I think many of us who do have a, a conversational relationship with God knows mm -hmm. that he mostly sounds like us you know he doesn't sound like Charlton Heston or any of the other uh, actors who played God in the past um, he sounded just like me so I thought I was having a conversation with me and um, about a Bible study that I just discovered that we had just gone through in the Old Testament where um, Moses was asking God, who, who am I going to tell Pharaoh that sent me to, you know, to tell him to let his people go? And mm -hmm. God said, tell him I am. So when I was asking myself, I thought, why would I go up to this woman that I don't even know? I mean, what would I say to her? Who, 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 who would tell me that I'm supposed to hug her? And I hear I am inside my voice, inside me. And I'm thinking my rational mind is going, okay, you're just processing the Bible study that we just did. And that's good. You're, you know, you're still thinking about um, the old Testament stories. And, uh, and so I just dismissed it. And uh, when I was in the middle of that, uh, this woman singing, she said, um, I'm about to introduce you to a song I'm just written and it's not published yet anywhere. I'm going to record it soon. And it's called I am. And I about fell over. Oh, wow. Because then I, I, that's when I realized that, um, that, that had to have been God speaking to me. It wasn't me speaking to myself. And I, and then, and I thought I blew it. I was supposed to give her a hug. I didn't. And I was sitting in, you know, ignoring, a command of his the only time I was ever sure he had ever spoken to me and here I'm just like mortified so I could not wait for that song to end and it went on and on and on 
<laughs> so it seems it, like <laughs> right it did and so I finally when it when it ended I just I felt like I jumped up I'm sure I just stood up in a normal manner and walked up to her but I felt like I just jumped out of my chair and walked up to her and said um and God I believe God wants me to give you a hug I'm not sure why but I would you mind if I just gave you a hug please and she allowed me to hug her and then I sat back down and I was for the rest of the day, I couldn't think about anything but this moment that God in his heaven somehow came down and had this little conversation with me while I was baking some bread. And uh, I wrote a story about it and I sent it into a magazine because um, uh, I'm a catechist. And so I sent it into a catechist magazine saying, I, I know what the voice of God sounds like now. Mm-hmm. Sounds like me. And, um, and then... There were there was not another um, like a big moment like that for a while until I was on retreat and an experience that I had on retreat, which the book opens with, yes. um, just stunned me. And in that experience, I was given the knowledge that this is not just for you. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm giving you this experience because I know you can write. I know you're a communicator. I want you to do what you do. And so that brings me to the second question that you were asking about what was it like to write this? And this book took me probably 15 years to write because I had to figure out how do you write about God? Because I'm not, uh, you know, I don't have a degree in divinity. I'm not a religious person. I'm, uh, you know, I'm an ordinary person who went to school and you know got a college degree but I it was in communications it wasn't in theology or anything I mean I took a couple religion classes Mm -hmm. at at our university but nothing that would you know qualify me to speak about God in in the way I was thinking anyway so I took I, I kept trying to figure out how do I say this without sounding preachy or like you know this is I'm the only one that God speaks to. <laughs> I mean, all these things, you know, like that's when you read some of your first works, that's what it sounds like. You're going, oh, you can't say that. You yeah. know, people won't. So you had, I went through so many um, versions of how do I do this? I eventually came to the conclusion that the only way I could write about it is uh, speaking what the truth was of the, some of these experiences and then making, and then referencing God in, as a meta, in metaphors, because you can't, you know, we no, nobody knows God. I mean, we, he's way bigger than any of us can wrap our minds around. And mm-hmm. so um, that is just intimidating. And so I prayed a lot. I cried a lot. I uh, had to go deeper and deeper into the truth. I would write things that were safe. Yeah. And um, then the Holy Spirit would give me a little tap on the shoulder. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um, it it did take quite a while, and it took um and, and one story that I can't even tell you because I don't even know what it is anymore uh, because it, God removed it. It was uh, when I was reading through one of uh, probably the fifth or sixth or seventh edit, uh, you know, version. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd read this lots of other times, and the story when I was reading it, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gave me the understanding that that was not the truth. Mm-hmm. It was a story that I've been telling people about myself, a truth that I thought was true, mm-hmm. that was safe, 
Um, and I had believed it. And all of a sudden I realized it wasn't, it really wasn't true. That wasn't my real understanding. Um, and so I had to, I had to take whatever that story was is not in the book anymore. Cause I just had to take it out and I, I can't even, which is fascinating to me, recall it. Yeah. So, um, part of this writing process was also, uh, a deepening of my spiritual path because I think God cleared out some things as I was uh, writing down. And he also made things really clear to me that um, I, uh, how often he'd been tapping me on the shoulder, doing things for me that I didn't even recognize as him at the time. Yeah. I, when I started writing the uh, that story of an, um, that the book starts out with, I realized I had to go back. I thought I could just start there and move forward because I was known in the in the direct selling industry as a person, uh, as a leader, but not a, nobody else knew me. And so I realized I had to go back and tell the backstory of who I was and how I grew up. And when I started seeking him consciously, you know, I was in young life was a a, a, a good part of my teenage years because on my religion class was really boring they were they were trying to teach it well but they just weren't very good teachers that just bored to tears but i wanted to know more about god so young life filled the gap for me um there and i started to understand that that was god really trying to pull at me to bring me to himself instead of me seeking i always i started this book thinking i'm going to tell my story of how i thought god Mm And by the time I was done, I realized I was telling God's story of how he was seeking after me. Hey, that's beautiful. Yes. So what do you want your readers to get out of your book? That there are so many ways that God is trying to reach each of us to have a loving relationship, to have a personal friendship with him. Um, just like um, any person that you've ever wanted to be friends with. You keep kind of watching the person, looking for opportunities to talk to them, um, sidle up to them, volunteer to the same group they're in, whatever, wherever they're going, you try to go so you can become friends. And that's God's mm-hmm. uh, same approach. He's, he's always following us, trying to make a beautiful sunset for us or a sunrise or a flower or a fragrant bush that we're walking by he's doing all of that to make us happy to give us joy to let us know that he's around and we're just oblivious to it most of the time because we don't we don't recognize him you know part of the sin of adam and eve kind of disrupted that paradise that easy walking relationship we had with the lord and so now we don't see him the way yeah. uh, we would have if uh, they had just been obedient so I, I, I start with obedience also. And so I would say uh, to the readers, there's uh, this, this desire to have a closer friendship with God is also his desire for us. And to have it, we need to be obedient to his word, to his commands. Um, and that opens the doors of grace. And he's just looking for one little tiny opening and he'll come and get you. <laughs> Yeah, in the most exactly. loving, tenderly way, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, but he is always, he's not far away. Uh, St. Teresa said the biggest problem most people have when they pray 
is they think God is absent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And they're trying to reach out to him far away up in heaven somewhere. And, you know, will he have time or anything? And because they think he's absent, they kind of give up after they put their prayer out there. They mm-hmm. shut down. They, yeah. shut, they forget the other part of the, it's the conversation. They forget to listen because they don't believe he's present. Right. Exactly. And it's building that relationship with him. And and, and in any relationship that you have, there's constant communication with him, spending time with people, getting to know that person. And so for for us to really want to get to know who God is, you got to spend some time with him, get to know his, read some of his love letters in his book and, 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 just listen to some uh, devotionals and, and um, some messages that will encourage you to even want to know more about him. And your book is is perfect. An example of, of how to pursue God and, and allowing God to pursue us. Um, you gave an example when I was listening to the audio of, um, for example, of a teenager, how you know, when, when we were teenagers, uh, we didn't really want anything to do with, with, with our parents and everything. We just wanted to go on about our way. But then there comes a time after we've gone through a whole bunch of experiences, we realize what our parents were saying was true. <laughs> after bumps and bruises, we go back to, you know, our, our parents and say, thank you for, for helping us and giving us all this advice and everything. Well, it's the same thing with with God, God will allow us to, you know, go our own way and do whatever, you know, we think is best for us and everything. But eventually, through circumstances and situations, we definitely end up going back to him and saying, Lord, I need your help. I can't do this by, by myself. Whatever the situation is, we end up going back to him. And he's never left us. He's just waiting with his arms. He's just waiting for us. So do yep. you have any upcoming events or projects that you're working on at this time? I do. I have, um, well, I have a live uh, broadcast on Facebook every morning of uh, devotions and prayers um, on my um, author page, author Chris Mannion. I'm doing uh, several children's books now. I've um, When I sit down to write children's books, just keep pouring out of me. So I've got a, a series I've started on angels, and uh, which is like a for a first reader for first and second graders. And I've got a picture book I'm working on, um, getting that uh, published, and a parable about uh, gift, uh, the gift of baking bread. All the wonderful lessons that's in that. You know, Jesus used that rep- reference of bread a lot, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I make bread all the time. And one day I just got this insight about how it's, it's, it's our whole life journey about just, we don't need a lot to make bread and we don't need a lot of ingredients to make us happy in life, but we do have to get our hands in there and do a little work and, you know, mush things around. And then there's a lot of waiting in bread wait yeah. making too, you know, just like there's a lot of waiting in the spiritual life. So I've got uh, that piece. Um, that's, that's one of the parts that I talk about. Um, when I'm going out and speaking to churches and groups and I've got, I'm working on a retreat um, at the Ignatius house in the uh, Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. That probably won't happen until next year, but it's on action and prayer and contemplation. 
Okay. Um, so I got, that's what's in the works coming up anyway. <laughs> and then whatever else God's got in mind. You know, I don't always sit there and go, I, this is what I've got planned today. But, you know, if there's something else you'd rather have me do, Lord, just speak yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything is subject to change when you're following God. So just stay tuned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how can people reach you? Uh, my website is chrismanion.com. And they can reach me at facebook.com forward slash author Chris Mannion. That's where uh, you'll see some of my um, live broadcasts. Uh, they, you can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, you can reach me uh, from my, uh, in my email. If anyone wants to email me, it's just writer Chris Mannion at Gmail. Um, and I'm on Instagram at uh, Mannion. Okay. Okay, and your book is on Amazon and um, most book at most bookstores. Right, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, Audible for the um, audio and iTunes for the audio book. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. and and independent bookstores. Awesome, awesome. So, do you have any last words for our listening audience? Um, I would say. To work on releasing your fear of getting to know God better. If there's a hesitancy there, that fear is not of God. Uh, 365 times in the Bible, it says, do not be afraid. And why do you think that is? Because Satan plays with fear and pride. Those are his two biggest weapons. And God knew this. And that's why he told us so many times to let go of fear, to trust him. And so... He will continue to pursue you all the days of your life. And whenever we want to, we can just turn to him and say, okay, speak, Lord. I'm listening. Amen. Will change your life. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes, ma'am. Well, Chris, it has been an honor and a pleasure to have you on my show today. Thank you so much for sharing your, your story. And Thank you for the book. You guys, you really, really need to get this book, God's Patient Pursuit of My Soul. It will definitely make a difference in your life. So again, thank you so much for listening to the show. This is Althea with Wove Inspiration's Midweek Motivation. We're almost there. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Midweek Motivation on Wove Inspiration. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you would like to be a guest on the show, email your bio and picture to woveinspiration at gmail.com. If you would like to continue the conversation, make a comment, or you have any questions, you can share them on Wove Inspiration's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. This is your host, Althea Richardson. You're almost there. Keep moving forward.